When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is this, tap? Yes, it is. No filter? No filter, tap water. Huh, interesting. Surprised you don't have a filter. You have no filter. <laughs> that's it's yeah. quite obvious. That's true. That's you a good thing. You say whatever comes into your mind. Yeah. You don't really modulate your yeah. inner feelings at all. I'll yeah. tell you. It's a good thing for me, but it's mm. a bad thing for water. Hi there, this is Martin Popoff, scribbler on all things heavy metal. You're listening to Jay Scott and the Hook Rock. What's going on, everybody? How you doing? It is Jay Scott. Welcome back to another episode of The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Check out some great episodes from other great podcasters on the platform. We've been uh, with Pantheon since December. We've uh, enjoyed being a part of the family, of the Pantheon family. You can hear Martin Popoff. You can hear the boys from Shout It Out Loudcast. Uh, I think Carmine Apiece and Vinny Apice now have a podcast on the uh, the uh, platform, so check that out. So a lot of great stuff over there, so uh, give them a listen. Go check out Pantheon Podcasts. You can see them on Twitter at Pantheon Pods. You can follow us on Twitter at The Hook Rocks, Facebook, The Hook Rocks. Website is coming soon. That's like the eternal message. I keep saying that, I think, probably for like a year and a half now. It's kind of... Funny, actually, when you think about it. Hit subscribe wherever you're listening, on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, Pandora, wherever. And write us a review. If you like what you hear and you like uh, the conversations, we always appreciate the feedback. And I hope you are staying safe, staying healthy. I hope you're enjoying spring. Good weather is upon us. Hopefully live music is coming soon on a more regular basis. I know bands are starting to play out My fingers are crossed that it continues and it continues to grow and hopefully we have some normalcy. Some numbers are spiking in certain areas, so that is a concern. 
hopefully people, you know, do what they need to do to help overcome this so we can get back to normalcy. But we're always here for an escape for you, as I always say. Music commentary, music interviews, great guests on the show. And we have a great guest for sure, a return guest, a repeat offender to the Hook Rocks podcast. Had the pleasure of interviewing this individual, this this uh, gentleman here in December of 2019, a few months before the shit hit the fan. And that is Neil Hunter from Takeaway Thieves, all the way from the UK. What's going on, Neil? How are you? I'm very well, Jay. How are you? I'm doing um, good, man. Uh, it's good to hear your voice. Nice, nice to hear from you. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're keeping well and your family are keeping well. Yeah, you know we're doing what we can, right? Understand, you know, with with the circumstances and and what's going on. Um, you know, obviously things have changed since we last talked, but you know, I know a lot of bad has happened, a lot of negative stuff has happened, but I think a lot of positives are coming out of it especially those that affect rock music and music in general. And that's what we focus on here. And, you know, we, we also, you know, we don't really take part in the other conversations that affect people. We're here to be an escape for people and talk music. And, you know, for months we talked about the challenges facing rock music and why rock music has lost its relevancy and lost its way. And even from our last conversation, we we did talk about the resurgence that was going to happen in 2021. Or actually, we, we thought it was going to be 2020. We thought 2020 was going to be a big year for rock music. Obviously, that got, hood up, put, got put on pause. But the way the landscape has changed now, and as I've been saying since the fall of last year, the celebration of rock music is back. And people are getting excited about going to rock shows, hearing rock music. How are you feeling? How are you seeing things in the UK? I I, I totally agree with you. I think you know people are just itching to get out and into these venues to to not only see live music, but just to be sociably interactive with people again. Um, you know, and I, I feel bands are just, it's like everyone's in the starter blocks, just waiting to go, okay, let's go. And, you know, the, the last year, everyone's obviously, everything has been on hold. And it's, um, it, it's, it's just reinvigorated, I think, the whole scene. You know, we um, just coming out actually in a couple of months from the new wave of classic rock is a compilation of like, if you will, 42 of the best UK um, new wave of classic rock bands. And that's a compilation CD that um, the people behind new wave of classic rock are trying to get in the, the UK charts. So it's 42 of the top you know, bands in the UK have been picked. Uh, so this is the volume one, which is you know available for anyone to order now. So there's all these emerging bands who are like going to be on this album, you know, to, to springboard really and, and, and start this renaissance, if you will, of live music and rock and roll. Yeah, you know, I, I've had this conversation a lot, right? And, and um, you know, one of the things that I kind of dive into in terms of just thinking about and just how, how it's happening, why it's starting to turn, is when you think about the kid, right, the high school kid, 
being in lockdown, going through e-learning. I don't know what they do in the UK. Do, do the kids do e-learning? Do they stay at home and they do the classes from home or do they go, are they going to school? What are they doing there? They have just started back at school, but they have been um, doing like classes online and, and yeah. there have been like say primary schools, certain small classes have, have been allowed in, in in certain bubbles Yeah, o- it, over the last yeah. yeah, so it's the same thing here, right? You know, I mean, kids are starting to go back, but when you think of the, you know, the 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 kid, right? The kid that that is staying at home, not being able to have fun and live life the way he wants to, you know, that kid going into a pandemic who liked pop music, who liked hip hop, starting to get a little angry, starting to get a little angst in them, and I've said this so many times, rock and roll thrives on that. And I think that's what is really helping rock music is kids are looking for something different. They're looking for something that gives them an edge or feeds that edge that they're feeling, feeds that angst. And there's no better music that does it than rock and roll. That, 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 that's right. I think, you know, you're dead right. They've not been able to go out. And when, when you're like 13 or 14, you, 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 you can't go and see bands anyway and so they maybe look for these avenues primarily maybe on you know your spotify's and your your other streaming sites and youtube i think you know and and they're they're retargeting and rethinking what looks very much like punk in one respect where there's always like a social commentary which is um you know which the listener just just relates to yeah and i think you know with the ability to find music at your fingertips, right? And when you're sitting at home and you're not allowed to see your friends or you are allowed to see your friends, but in a limited capacity, you know, what are you going to do, right? You need that power cord that speaks to you, that that, that kind of goes right through your soul, that makes you feel something that pop and hip hop and rap can't do. And you know, then you look at the bands and they've got this rebellious look, you know, this outlaw look. And it's like, yeah, that's what I'm feeling right now. That's what I need right now. Um, it kind of goes back to in, in the fall of 2020 with ACDC releasing Power Up and how that was a celebration for young and old generations alike who love that music. It was the perfect album to come along to feed into that, right? People needed to feel something good and everybody connected with it. I know it was... Yes, and, and, and something like familiar as well, like ACDC. You know, it, it's almost like, for want of a better word, it, it's like having a relative saying, everything's going to be okay. Look, check, you know, listen to this. We'll, we'll get you through it. You know, an old familiar relative knocking on the door. You know, it's Angus Young coming through the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You know, he, hey, we're here. We're here to help you through all this. We're help to to help you put a smile on your face. And I also think too, even though the passing of Eddie Van Halen was sad news, it did expose or it did open the door for a lot of kids to hear his guitar work, to hear that music that has been missed for so many so many years. Right, that feel good rock music that. You know, a lot of rock music right now has a purpose. It has a meaning behind it. And that's great, right? And it has a commentary. But there was a time that it was just about having a good time. And, you know, Van Halen was part of that. And when kids start to listen to that and they hear that up-tempo and they hear that wildness and they hear that wonder in their music, 
that also resonates with a kid too. So those two things really at the end of 2020 were really, you know, kind of set the plateau or set set the resurgence in motion with what we're experiencing now. And now you have all these new bands coming out. You guys got a new, you know, album coming out, new music coming out. And we're going to talk about that because I'm really excited about it. But it it is starting to to create a buzz. There is this, you know, Greta Van Fleet just released an album last week. You know, you've got the Dirty Honey album coming out, you know, tomorrow. You've got, you know, new music just coming out every week that's just, wow, this is great. I mean, every band is hitting a home run, it seems, this year. Yes, yeah, I, I concur. Like, people people have been starved of it. A lot of, a lot of bands have been able to record or were about to re- release a recording early last year. And, the, you know, a lot of put that on hold to release when the time was right for them to be able to tour it. And, um, you know, there are other bands who, like ourselves, we were able to, like, do some recording, well, quite a bit of recording, actually, in in, in this last year. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's all, I think it's very, in such a, it, it, it's like there's so much, um, what started off so negatively, the, the outcome is very positive. And, and certainly for you know rock music, I think, and wow, I believe. Yeah. So so what? What did you guys do? What has been life like for Neil and Takeaway Thieves during this time? I mean, when we last spoke, you guys were looking to go into the studio after the first of the year, I believe. You know, and start yeah. recording music for for a new album, and you were getting ready to to prepare for that. Obviously, things have changed. So, where did you guys go? What was 2020? What was the year like for you guys? Well, what we 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 actually started um, pre-production and recording some demos in the January and February, um, and we had two. Uh, sorry, one gig um, booked in the March, uh, March the seventh, I believe it was, or, or eighth, and. Th- then they, they they closed all the um, all the pubs, and um, they closed you know the the recording studio. We, we weren't allowed to go in that. So what we did, one of the first things we did was we kind of foresaw that this we're going to go into a real lockdown here. So um, one of our um, uh, the Waterloo Music Bar in Blackpool. This is where we rehearsed. It's where we did our first gig. It's where we, we, we recorded our Waterloo acoustic gig. It was an acoustic live album we did um, at, at the Waterloo Music Bar in, in Blackpool. And I, I've been th- throughout the UK, and this venue is like the number one 300-cap venue uh, in, in the UK. You know, I've been up and down the UK, and it's absolutely fantastic. And our, our concern was, there's going to be troubled times ahead for this for this venue um, because you know the, the pub is now closed and so what we did on the it was a Thursday night we thought we'll do a live stream on Facebook and we'll we'll start a GoFundMe campaign and let's see if we can raise some money for Ian who, who owns you know who owns the Waterloo and the staff to, to let's see if we can help them you know out with you know getting people to donate, to donate and get some money in for them, even pay the bills or, you know, some wages, staff wages. So on the Thursday night, 
we did this, um, we, we did like uh, a, a live set and a, to like three or four people in the pub because the pub was closed. It was primarily the, the staff. Uh, and we videoed it live on Facebook. Um, it was watched by 15,000 people live. <laughs> and uh, the, the guy who was videoing it, he, he started writing down how many until it got to like 800. Then he just decided, you know, it's gone up by the thousand now. He, he was holding up the other figures. And the venue's only 300 caps, so we were joking, saying, oh, my God, we've, we've filled this venue out, you know, <laughs> tenfold almost. Um, and we, we we did, like, a full live set and an acoustic set. And um, we raised on the night um, £2,400. And in the end, after a couple of days later, the donations kept coming in, and we got it to over £3,000 for the venue. Um and I think in the end, there was like maybe 25,000 people cut, cut the live stream. So we, the day after, on the Friday, was the national lockdown. So we were one of the first bands to play um, a live Facebook stream. And we were also one of the last bands to play in a venue in the UK <laughs> you know, on, on the eve of the lockdown. So that then... Um, from that, we did some other online sessions um, with a new wave of classic rock. We did a breaking bands festival, all online. Then in the, the summertime, we thought, what? Well, um, we came up with an idea. We worked with a, um, a recording studio in New York um, called Leicester Vol Studios in Brooklyn, New York. And what we did was we asked, we, we gave uh, people the chance to um, choose one of four songs um, and what we did was we personally recorded them acoustically for that person and that, that was then sent over to um, Lester Vale Studios in New York where they recorded it live onto a 1950s or 1920s recording lathe and people were able to buy a copy of a master vinyl, seven-inch vinyl copy of whatever song they chose. Um, so, was, you know, just a totally, we were so excited. Was, just, again, something that we, we hadn't seen any other band do. A total unique opportunity to have, you know, this one-off vinyl, which we actually, on the recording, we, we named whoever was buying it. So so their name is actually on the recording. Um, so, so we did that. Now, one of the songs um, myself and Peter had just written called Find My Way Home. And um, so we we were roughly written this song. And um, kind of stupidly, I, I put that as one of the choices for, for out of the four songs for people to choose. And as it happened, there was a few people chose this. So I actually messaged them and said, well, this is a brand new song. You've not heard this. You know, <laughs> what do you want this for? And they said, no, we want that one. So then we thought, right, we'll have to try and, you know, let, let's get a real good recording of this. Um, so we self-recorded it and we went, um, just, we live um, just on, on the northwest. We, we live in the northwest of England and, and we live around an area just up north on Blackpool and it's, it's a, a lovely scenic part of the North England, um, around Morecambe Bay area. And there's some shipwrecks just down the estuary from where we live. And so we, we shot a video down there. We got a, a friend of ours to 
shoot the, a drone footage and we climbed onto these old shipwrecks and we did this video for this song, which, you know, we, we, we did because, you know, people were wanting to, you know, have a recording of it. So we released that and um, that went down really well. Um, and then, um, then we just did some more writing and then we, we started back in the studio in October um, to record the album. That was with Dave Draper, who um, he, he's, he, he's an award-winning uh, pr- producer. He, he's worked with um, the Wild Hearts primarily, uh, Terror Vision. He's, he's worked with Ryan Hamilton. Um, and he, he very graciously said, come on, come and work with me, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll make you sound good. And, and he really did. We learned so much from him. Um, again, through the situation of last year, we, um, myself and Max went down, we laid the drums. Well, Max laid the drums. I just sat and watched. Uh, and then, uh, um, a, you know, a couple of weeks later, we went down, laid some guitars. And a couple of weeks later, we went, laid the vocals. And so we did it step by step. Um, and that's hopefully coming out um, over the next couple of months. Really, that's that's where we're up to just now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's it was a weird time, and a lot of bands, you know, took this time or took that time to kind of escape from reality and go make some music. And I know you guys were already preparing to do that, but it almost had an added incentive to you know, sequester yourselves, you know, in the studio and write music and, and record and do all that stuff because, you know, what's the alternative at that point? You know, watching the news, hearing about all the crazy stuff happening and, you know, the lockdowns and the deaths and all that stuff. And, you know, after a while, you know, you got to get away from that. And, you know, musicians and artists like yourselves, you know, you have a unique ability to say, you know what, I'm going to go and just make some music. I'm going to just kind of forget about, not forget, I shouldn't say, but kind of just get out from what I need to get out from and go and go do that. Was that what it was like for you guys? I mean, did you, did you guys feel that like this, that was like your safe haven to make music during this, during this time? Yes. Yeah. Uh, there was, there was no doubt. We, we, we just needed to look we either, you know, there's nothing. We've got no gigs. We had these um, on, online gigs, but it's not. It's not the same. You know, there's no reaction. We did do um, one self-isolated. Um, well, it was it was uh, a smaller capacity, and people had to sit in groups. They weren't allowed to stand up. They weren't allowed to clap or sing. Um, and so we did one of those um, gigs as well. And it, but it's yeah, primarily we just look. This, this is this has always been our medicine for feeling good um, rock, rock and roll. And we just needed to get out and, you know, write and, and, and be as creative as we could with that time. When you are writing this music and, we, and when you're preparing for it, and there's a lot of unknown when you guys are doing this, is it, is it a, is it is that weighing on your minds of hey you know we don't even know when we're going to release this we don't even know what we're going to do with it at this point because we don't know what's going to happen is is that something that you know comes up with you guys during conversations or is it just let's just focus on making good music and doing the best you know music for takeaway thieves and and then when we're done with it 
we'll decide what we need to do. Yeah, yeah. We just said, look, let's uh, one step at a time. We will be releasing it. We don't know when, but let's get this recorded. There's, there's never been a better time. And the opportunity to work with Dave Draper, um, you know, just presented itself. And, you know, we thought we, we can't. This is too good an opportunity to miss. So let, let's get on and get it done, really. You know, that, that, that was that's it. You guys have, or you guys have, have really invested time in learning about blockchain technology, NFT, which I believe is really the wave of the future with how music is purchased and how bands go forth and create revenue for themselves. It's been long talked about. It's an ongoing conversation about how streaming services, anything, virtually anything, peanuts, pennies, basically, not even a penny, to the artists. And I think that blockchain and NFTs we've talked about here on the show is really a way for the artists to take back control and to really kind of give themselves more leverage in this industry and create more revenue for themselves. When you guys were deciding to go go into this, what was the motivation? What was the rationale for Takeaway Thieves? Primarily, um, we just agreed this this is the future for music. What 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 happened last year? I've I've, I've always been in the music business, and it came to the point where I'm thinking, how am I? going to make you know how am I going to pay the bills how am I going to live here because you know there's no work coming in and I'd I'd seen that I I was aware that you know the the, the UK government and I know the American government were just printing more money to help people just printing more money and I saw the devaluation of money more so than ever and I'm thinking well I got some self-employment uh, money furlough from from the government, and um, I, I, I I gave Heidi, my partner, some of the money to pay the bills, and I left three hundred pounds. I thought, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and learn cryptocurrency. So I took out three hundred pounds. Um, I invested it in a panic, and I didn't tell Heidi, <laughs> and I waited a good. Uh, you, know, I thought if, if I can just get this to a thousand pound. Then I'll tell her, you know, that, you know, I've, I've, I've got this, you know, I know what I'm doing. So that was last May the 9th. So it's coming up for a year now. And my portfolio is absolutely, um, I'm, I'm up like 2,554%. Wow. And, you know, you, you don't get that in the bank. So, so that proved that I was right in, in believing that. Now, now from that, um, I mean, I also, you know, uh, we bought a car with some of that as well. So it's, um, that, that, that was the future. That is the future. And I feel money is just being, you know, destroyed and any money in the bank now is like an iceberg. It's just melting away. Um, and so I've helped a couple of other people help my mum, you know, uh, said, look, mum, take some savings out. I'll show you how to make some money. Now she goes to the bank manager and say, you don't give me any, any of these percents that my son gives me, <laughs> you know, with crypto. Um, so it's, it's just people having to learn about this and, and be educated with regard to this. And, and from that, I, was, I started looking into NFTs in December uh, last year. 
just as we had done primarily most of the recording. We just had um, a couple of days left in, in the January of this year with regard vocals and, and backing vocals. And um, we, we had we had toyed on the idea, which we're still not telling anyone what the theme of the album is yet, but we came up with an idea then, Adam, the bassist in, in the band, came up with this idea, well, why don't we do this? And we were trying to work out um, at the time, oh, what, what name you know, should we go under? And I'm, I'm saying, well, the nine is the you know universal number. Everything's sweet in nine. You know, so you have a three, six, and nine. So look, all these great albums, Hotter Than Hell, Back in Black. Um, I can't think of any others, but they're all three-word titles. So let's find a three-word title, you know, because all the greatest albums have three three words. Uh, and so we, we argued about that for a while, and then we just decided, look, let's just, if it's three, six, and nine, and nine's a you know, universal number, why don't we just call it nine? Um, and, and as it turned out, we recorded nine songs, and it's taken nine days to... Um, record the whole album in total over over those months, uh, and and so from from that I, I said, look, look, guys, um, the I, I'm into this crypto, and there's this thing called NFTs, non fungible tokens, and I explained it to the you know to, to the guys what it was, and I said this has got to be the future. Not only and and at that time I was thinking how you know how how does this primarily affect streaming. Because not only everyone knows that bands are getting paid, you know, not point, not three of a pence, you know, well under a penny, and it's taken like six to eight months to even get that little royalty from these streaming sites. But I, I kind of calculated that um, in, in the UK, people are paying subscription to Spotify ten pound a month, and it's coming to you know they have to to, to get their money worth. They're having to listen to like 94 hours of music a month. And I don't think the majority of people are doing that. Therefore, they're losing out. Not only the bands, it's the listeners or people who subscribe and are, are missing out. Now, through this blockchain technology, and I was thinking, right, there must be a way where, you know, through the blockchain technology where someone could start, start some kind of streaming service where instead of paying that subscription, just pay the band directly a penny for every time they listen to one of their songs. And, and in which case, the listener knows exactly how many pennies they've spent and the songwriters, the musicians, you know, in the band, they're getting that money straight away. You know, they're not having to wait six or eight months and it's gone straight to them. So it, it is the future for, for music. And, you know, Bands, this is still so early. Um, it, it's getting that across into the mainstream, really. That, that this is our predicament just now. You, we're, I think we're. I don't know any, you know, if you will, proper rock bands who who are doing this. And, and we announced it in the start of March because I wanted to be one of the first to say, "Hey, we're doing this publicly." You know, before we've, you know, um, before we 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 had done anything because I knew there was a lot of work to be done in the in these NFTs. Um, and we just think that this is a way forward. This is a way for all bands to have control and, you know, be, be able to be resourceful and be able to actually make money and, and have an income and, and from 
people who, you know, maybe a lot of people buy five or ten copies of, of an album to maybe help a, a band chart or, you know, just to try and support them in that way. Well, with, with NFTs, you know, they can, they can go one step closer to a, a more intimate relationship with that artist and songwriter by, you know, you know predominantly owning a part of the, whatever song they want. You know, either, you know, some, uh, I've seen some artists have done it for like 100%, uh, some do it for, you know, 10% or 5% or whatever. And then that person on that blockchain can prove that they actually own part of that song. So that, that's far better than I think than having like 10 copies of the same album. You know, where you, you're, uh, you're the listener is going to garner, you know, the profits from the royalties and, and just the fact that, hey, I own one of my favorite songs. So it's it's a way it's a big big step, um, and it, it's got to be the future of of not just rock and roll but of, of music in general, where it gives power back to the bands and and the consumer, you know, listener. Absolutely. I mean, when you think about you know how much money platforms, streaming platforms like Apple or Pandora or Spotify are making from streaming music and paying out very little this has to make the music business very worried because you you know for years we've we've heard them cry poor oh we don't have any money that you know we don't have this we don't have that and yet you know they have reoccurring revenue right i mean spotify bills you 9.99 a month and they've got millions of subscribers and they also have advertisers they're not hurting for money but they're not paying out that much you know, to, to, to the, to the musicians and the bands. And the other thing is too, you know, I know Kings of Leon did, uh, when they released their, their album a month ago, I think in March or it was either March or, or February, they, they did it through, through NFT and, yes. and they were the first band to do it. And although the expectations were not meant or not met, I should say, um, for the album, it was the first time. And of course, the first time out, there's going to be hurdles, there's going to be challenges. But if more bands get involved in this and it, be, and it becomes, you know, something that is really tangible and real, then, you know, it, it, like you said, it takes control back. It really gives the artists and, and especially for, you know, independent bands like yourself. You know, bands that are playing clubs, small theaters, stuff like that. You know, the big boys don't have to worry, right? The big boys are going to make money regardless of what of what they're doing. But what happens when you you know have those streaming services is that you know the little guy, the, the bands that are starting out, the guys that are that are that are hustling and, and and trying to make you know trying to make a buck through their music, it's difficult. It's really hard. I mean, you have to almost tour constantly to make any money. And, you know, you mentioned something very important about, you know, money kind of not being worth what it really is. And that's true. But also people don't put worth into music anymore. They don't. They, they, music has become in large part background music and it's become something that you just pull from the sky. You point, click, download. There's no physical connection to it. There's no, you know, there's like when we had when we were younger, we would buy the albums, we would sit with the album, we would look at the album cover, the artwork, all that stuff. 
that doesn't happen and it and it's almost like people don't respect the art form and what it takes to create music and why there is value to that and when you mention about how someone can have an intimate piece of a song and have an intimate relationship in that way with the band that almost brings back that connection that was lost that we had with the physical copy right yes 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 certainly yeah 100% it's interesting man i i agree with you i mean i mean you know we're at the you know the beginning stages of this this is something that um you know people are starting to talk more about and when you read more about cryptocurrency when you read about blockchain and nft it's almost like daily you're turning around and there's another article about it there's another industry that's getting more involved in it and it's exciting it really is especially for music because you know the value of music for me because i'm a music fan i put a high value on it and artists and bands should be paid accordingly for that i i really get upset and pissed off when I see people use their platform to say, oh, you know, these guys, you know, they're driving around their sports cars and their mansions and they don't, you know, that's such a, that's such a crappy way to look at things, right? Because they, because before they, before they got that Ferrari and before they got that Porsche and before they lived in that mansion, they lived in cockroach infested apartments. They lived basically starving themselves and working at it day in and day out to get to that point. And they've given joy to millions of people, thousands of people, whatever the fan base is, they should reap the benefits for that. There is a value. Don't devalue the music. And when people do that, they're devaluing it. Yeah, I I agree. And also, that's a time when record companies, you know, had that money to be able to invest in a band where, you know, they didn't get dropped after the first album. You know, they, they got, they were able to grow as artists and, you know, the record company would keep that. Whereas now it's such a, a flip, you know, oh, well, that's not working, off, off you go. Uh, and and this is just a way forward for bands to bring back the, the value of their art and, and their, their craftsmanship in songwriting and, and playing music. Um, you know, what, what you, you know, what one thing you could do, at, you know, it, it could come to this where there's only, whereas everyone's always saying, oh, we want to sell as many CDs and vinyls as we can. And, and that is great. But if you could, in a way, increase your value by saying, we're only going to do a hundred copies of this. And it, it, it's, it's far easier for a big established band to certainly get into the, the NFTs because they've got those followers. They've already got those designated, you know, um, super fans and, and that strong following where there's enough of those people to be able to make these NFTs a success. Whereas just now, right at the start, um, this, this is what, you know, we're just thinking, right, okay, how, how best can we, um, for want of a better word, ed- educate people to say, "Look, this is the future. This is you know, if if you if you dig us and you want to you know, you want to support us, this is a way where we can give you something great, just like we did last year when we did these seven inch you know vinyl masters. That was something that your know, people actually ch- cherished, and and this is just the next step from that where they're they're actually 
owning you know part of the song and it's what value you put on that and do you maybe just only sell a hundred copies and so that brings greater value to those hundred copies and let everyone else listen to it for free on you know on, on Spotify or all the streaming sites but you, you've created that valuable as, as well as like that digital asset of the um, NFT you, you've given them maybe some kind of physical copy that's very limited you know um that, that that's so we're we're kind of pondering all, all these equations of how we can. I'm, I'm going to have to do, do some like videos and and help people because certainly I, I think you know every band is going to be into this. They're, they're going to be if if they if they're serious and they have value in what they do, they're going to do that throughout the whole of this lockdown. Um, Takeaway thieves. We uh, we like I said we did. Uh, quite a few online gigs, but we never, ever asked anyone for any money. And a lot of bands did, and that's what, if that's what they did, that's cool. But we're not that type of band. We don't take any money from the band um, ourselves. We just put that straight into recording and, you know, getting from, you know, A to B at each gig, you know, or and, and buying merch to sell. Everything just goes back in to the band um, presently. And, um, you know, we, we we didn't we we're not we're not one of the, you know we're not into like begging or saying hey can you put some money in the tip jar for us to you know perform for you like a you know a, a dancing singing monkey we're not going to do any of that uh, and we found a way where we could go right this is not only um, the, the future of music for the listener and for the bands it also gives you great leverage with regard any um, you know. You know the, the the record industry is is having to totally rethink, and it, you know it has to it has to get on board with all these NFTs. But bands can then have a leverage against record companies. So whereas before they'd get maybe a pittance if that with regard to you know offering up a, an album to a, a record label, how we see it is we can go right okay. Um, do you want to buy a percent of one of our songs? And if you do, this is the cost it's going to be. And, you know, so we could have, like, say, for example, those nine songs on, on our debut album coming up. Um, we could sell all those nine songs to nine different record companies if, if they chose to, you know, believe in that song and, and promote that song and they wanted to own that song, as well as, like, you know, uh, your, uh, you know your, your, your normal fan. Um, so, so that gives great leverage as well. So it's just a, it's a win-win for fans, we believe. Um, I say we believe because I've, I've, I've just said to the guys, look, this is, uh, shall we have a go at this? It's brand new. It's going to be ha- hard because we're right at the start. We're, you know, it's a debut album. You know, we, we have quite a good, you know, fan base already for, for such a new band. Um, and, but it's going to be hard trying to get those people over. But what, what we are seeing actually since we've announced this is there's been a rise in people following us from the NFT cryptocurrency world because it's something they're more knowledge about than your, your, your ordinary Joe on the street. Uh, and I certainly think by the end of the year, you know, there's, there's all these complications with regard to you have to um, set up like a digital wallet on, on your, your, on your uh, PC or your, your tablet or on, on your phone. And then you have to go in and put your money into that 
to then convert that to some kind of cryptocurrency before you actually go on the exchange to go, oh, I want 10% of this song or your 20% of that. Um, so I, I think, you know, certainly by next year, everyone will have a digital wallet on their, you know, in their browsers and it'll be just far more accessible and I believe that every band will be behind this because it's the only way forward. It's the, it's, it's the savior of, you know, of music, I think. It is interesting because I think a lot of people are watching to see how this impacts music. And I, and I have to think that it's making a lot of people nervous in certain places because if this does do what everybody thinks it's going to, and there's no reason to think that it won't, um, it's going to be a game changer. It really is. And, you know, I think more bands are looking into this. I think more bands want to have more control. And also, too, it, it matters with publishing, too, right? I mean, you know, publishers are going are, are to be very nervous about this because songs won't be registered to a publishing company anymore. And they're going to, you know, they're going to miss out on, on revenue, too, as well. So it's, it's going it's to create a lot of waves in, in music. Oh yeah, most most certainly. I mean, they're, they're going to have to be be on board, and there are a couple of record companies. I, I am aware that they've they've looked into that, and record companies can still and publishers can still um, financially gain from that because of the ownership of the songs they have now. I mean, last year there was um, there's I can't remember the company, but there's a big investment company that are basically just buying up the publish just the normal publishing rights from um, big you know. Um, stars with uh, big songwriters with like 30, 40 year careers. I think Bob Dylan was one of them. Um, and uh, Shakira, where they sold all their publishing rights for you know, a big lump sum, like a, you know, 150 million or something. But that, that you think, well, why are they giving away all that? You know, Prince years ago, he, he fought for his own, you know, to keep all his own rights. But that is, that is a way where, you know, if someone's in their 60s or 70s, how many years have they got left? So how are they going to, you know, garner that money from touring? You know, they're in the latter stages of their career, shall I say, whereas they can get one big lump sum from the publishers, which is more than they would get for the probably for the rest of their life, you know, in, in, in one sweep. So um, that just translates again with with the NFT situation, where um, record labels they can offer NFTs. Again, your artist is going to suffer then because obviously the, the record company will, will take that money, same as publishers. But then also it opens up for publishers and record labels the fact that they can go, well, that band, are, they, they've got one decent song, so let us invest and buy that. You know, so that, that it works for them as well if, if, if they open their eyes and, and, and see it like that because that's how it has to be. You know, like they could, and a lot of bands probably do get signed because they have maybe one or two songs where the record label and the publishers are thinking, well, that that that's that's the song that's going to make us money, so we'll we'll you'll know, we'll sign these up for a three album deal or whatever, on the premise of that one song. Whereas now, let's say that you know th- these labels and publishers can just buy that one song, you know, for for a percentage, and and work with that one song with the band. So it's, it's, it's workable for them. You know, um, it's just, I, I think, I think that the majority are aware that this is coming. It's, it's very much like, you know, this, this whole blockchain technology, it's not just going to um, 
it's, it's already proved, you know, within the art world. Um, I, I paint like portraits and not walls, <laughs> you know, like that, little paintings and, and big, big paintings, portraits, landscapes. And so I've seen it in the art world how it's just exploded, and people have you know, wow! Look, I've got the, I've got the only copy of this you know in the world you know in a, as a digital asset, um, and so it's it's happening with music. The whole blockchain is you know a, a big threat to um, you know the, the financial world, financial system, and you know the World Bank. Because it's it's based in the cryptocurrency world, it's it's, it's going to affect um, solicitors and estate agents. Because in, in the block through the blockchain, if I have a house and you want to buy my house with me, Jay, uh, I have a block that says I own the house and I have providence in that. And you want to buy the house, you set up another block where I where you've sold the house to me. You give me the money straight away, and that's created another block in this chain which says that you own the house, you bought off me, and you bought it for this much. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a whole new way for the whole world to be um, a, better, a better place and, and freer from these big establishments, either, you know, we can say in, in the record industry or in the, you know, these remarks in, in, in the world banking where your ordinary Joe is going to be free and more in control of their life, you know, unless an asteroid comes and knocks out, you know, electricity. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the only downside I see of it. <laughs> well, yeah, let, let's uh, let's keep our fingers crossed, you know, on that. You know, it's, it's an interesting topic, and, you know, like I said, we did an episode about it last month, um, and we only scratched the surface on it. And like I said, I, I believe it's a game changer. I really do. I think it's really, and, and the benefit is 100% for the artist. I mean, there's really not a lot of downside. I don't think there's any downside for artists and bands to really put some time in learning about this and also pursuing this stuff because, you know, it, it really is giving you control and it also it really does help the artist gain momentum in terms of revenue and in terms of creating more music because the more successful the band is the more the more music they can make right and that's the whole that's the whole key as we as we end here we go into you know to continue on in 2021 we did talk about how you know you recorded the album you did talk about the the idea of the number nine and and, and all the things that went along with that as far as the music goes, and the EP that you guys did, one of my favorite EPs in the last few years. It's a phenomenal release. I, I love it. And you know, for those that are not familiar with Takeaway Thieves and that did not hear the last interview with Neil in, in fall of 2009, 2019, they're very reminiscent of you know the sleaze rock of back in the day of like the L.A. Guns and the Faster Pussycats and the Guns N' Roses and that type of style of music, dirty rock and roll, which is which I love, absolutely love. As far as the music goes, where did you guys go in terms of the direction of, of the music on this album? We, um, all, all we, all we can do is come up with ideas and if we're all on board with, hey, this is sounding good, that riff sounding good, or that drum fill, 
let's see what we can do with this or that that lyric. So it's 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 basically just the same because that's because that's what we like. That's what we want to hear. We want we want to. I've said this before many times. We're all in a band that we're proud to be in, and we would want to see live because we do a very live a great live show. I know loads of bands say that, but um, I. I I believe, and you know the the feedback we get because people keep coming to see us. We're, we're the hosts of the party. We want to make sure the guests are, you know, enjoying themselves. So we, with regard to music, it's just the, the, really the same. But what what's what's even special about this album is um, we wrote a couple. I, I think there's three we wrote where. We'd, we'd be, we, we hadn't really even played them properly as a band and um, we, we took a lot we, individually all of our performances were in hands with Dave at the helm saying well let's try this instead of playing it like that play it like this instead of singing it like that sing it like this play this bass field you know try that bass you know style so uh, Dave, we, we, we can't talk enough about Dave. Dave's like our George Martin, I guess, for want of a better word. And I, I know if, when he listens to this, he'll be embarrassed by that. Um, uh, but he he really has made us think more. We, we we brought these songs and he said, well, why don't we put that in there instead or, or, or take this out? And, you know, he, he's really helped us develop and, and hear things slightly different. Because it is hard when... You know, when you're when you're on stage and you've got you know people jumping about in front of you and, and you're caught in that moment of euphoria, you know, and, and you're just having a great time, you're not really listening to the, those songs. And and even when we practice them in the practice room, we are kind of listening, but not with a, a, a fine tooth comb like you do when you're in the studio. And so Dave really brought that to our and said, "Look, let's you know." He, he just he, he's just made it so much better. You know, his production skills fantastic, and and his 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 vision and and his understanding of music um, has, has just made this what we think is well. It's certainly the best album we could make, and it's just basically the our the, the stuff that we would love to hear being played by a band we would love to see. Um, so you know, with, with that bonus of, of Dave doing a you know fantastic mix and mastering job. Having said that, we've not heard it all. <laughs> we're, we're waiting on it coming back. Should be a couple of weeks before it, um, before it's all mastered and finished. But you know, um, the, the little bits we've heard and you know how much joy and fun we had in the studio. You know, Dave. Dave said he's, he's never had such a good time in the studio. He's, you know, and we all just had a. Just, just a blast in in the studio, you know, and we all just went with such great fun, and and in those sterile studio conditions, you, you're not really supposed to have. Well, you, you are, but you're not supposed to have, you know, as much fun as certainly we did. Um, and I I just feel you know this, the people who dig us now, without listening to it, I think they're going to be proud of what we've been able to do. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. I am just, uh, you know, waiting to hear of it. I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating. I was, you know, obviously I was hoping for something last year that didn't happen. 
And, you know, when I got the message, you know, a couple of weeks ago that you guys are, are pretty close to finishing this, um, yeah, I, I, I can't wait because I love your music. I love I love what you guys are about. It, it definitely is, you know, there's a lot of bands out there that are, are, are great. Don't get me wrong. They're in their, in their, you know, they have their own style, but I love, I've always loved this style of music because it just, it, to me, it's, it's, it defines what rock and roll is all the way back to the stones, the, the original sleaze rock band, the Rolling Stones, you know, all the way to the bands I mentioned before. So, you know, it's definitely something that uh, is on my list to get once it's released. I mean, I, I, so someone said, "Well, what, what, what's this? You know, what, what are you thinking this album is going to be like?" And, and my, my kind of analogy was, and, and again, this is without even listening to the album, but from what I have heard in the studio, and I know every band says, "Hey, this is the best album we've ever written," but. Um, if, if, if it wasn't, if these weren't the best songs we could write, and if these weren't the best songs you know that, that we love, they, they wouldn't be on that this album. And um, mind you, I guess every band says that. But my analogy I used was, if um, you know, that there's a lot of you imagine a crossroads, and there's you're in the middle of this crossroads, and and there's a band playing there, and they're they're all right, and they're, they're not getting your pulse going they're not, you might be tapping one toe and, and they're dressed in black t-shirts and they're stood still and they're looking down at their shoes and they're playing rock and roll and you think oh, this, this is this is the normal now and then in, in the distance you see there's um, a couple of headlights in all four points of, of the crossroads and there's a bit of smoke and these lights are getting bigger and bigger as they come towards you and then, bang, you're flat on your ass. These trucks have gone. And you stand up and say, what is that? Well, that is Takeaway Thieves 9 album. <laughs> I don't know whether the other guys agree with me saying that, but that's how I see this album going. It's, it's um, you know, I'd say people who, who dig us and like us, I'm sure they will be proud of what we've been able to achieve, and they'll be they'll be proud to say, "Hey, look, listen to this band. You know, I listen. To, I like these on the EP. Now listen to them." And I think there's such a um, I, I feel with the, the, the NFTs how how they're going, and we're going to get so many new people digging this, um, and you know, being into it. That you know, it's it's just a a, a very plus thing for us. I think. It sounds like you guys took 2020 to not only just make music, right, and, and really create something special, but also put a band, put the band in place for success or put put them in a position, put Takeaway Thieves in a position to be successful. You know, with all what you guys did, you know, and research the blockchain and the NFT, make the music, now you're preparing to release it and there's preparation in that. It really does sound like, Hey, you know, let's let's use this time to our advantage. Is that is that a correct statement? Yes, and I think it's also it's kind of been a blessing to have had this time because of the the you know it's so early in the NFT world for 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 it for 
at all. You know, but, but primarily in, in in our sense for music, in the fact that you know we're um, we're we're really having to work out how best you know what value do we put on each song to um, what you know what as fans of music what would we want with you know each package and you know we believe the product is strong enough and it's it's just you know it's 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 a learning curve for us to be able to make it as easy for people to be able to get this if they choose to to have it you know as an nft kind of your know, way and uh so you know, we're not following any. Unfortunately, there's no template where we can go. Well, okay, we we could say, well, this is how Kings of Leon did it, but they're they're a t- total different league. Um, and and so I, I know there are a few bands who are just waiting and and seeing how we do it. And you know, they'll, they'll you know, hopefully they'll they'll learn from you know our our, our mistakes and our and our you know winning ways if you will of, of how to best do this with it being such an early you know release for you know for, for even a proper rock band um, you know that there has there's, there's been a lot of EDM you know um, musicians have released this but they're more linked in with the NFT the crypto world um, whereas you know your, your rock musicians and rock music isn't really so we're kind of setting, uh, I don't know if we're setting the bars, that's not the right, where we're, we're creating a template that hopefully other bands can learn, use, and adapt for themselves to go forward with NFTs and, and to secure your know, control over their songs and you know, their craft and, and share that with their fans. It definitely is exciting, and and I do think you're right. You know, you are one of the first bands that I know of um, outside. You know, Kings of Leon. Let's let's face it. You know, they're they're a big kid on the block, but a band like Takeaway Thieves. This is this is really going to be interesting to see what happens. And we, I, you know, it, it, it's exciting. We, yeah, we, yeah. We 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 have we we kind of had to laugh because we um, amongst ourselves because we were thinking. It's bizarre how synchronicity works out. And in, in, in the December, when we were we 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 had um, myself, Peter, Ben, and, and Adam, we were putting the guitars down, and and we um, the studio was down in Worcestershire, and we had got uh, an Airbnb, lovely um, cottage in the countryside, uh, and it's a lovely scenic part of the UK, even in December, and um, we were we were when we came up with this one idea of, and I'm, I, I know it sounds vague, but we've not really said what that, that, you know, that, that brainstorming session uh, concluded with, but we, uh, we thought, God, this is, you know, we've got to a big ball to be able to do this. And then, you know, to like a month and a half later to, for me to say, guys, I've been watching this NFT and it's, you know, we could be one of the first here to do this because it's just taken off in the art world and how, you know, the, the synchronicity of what 
this other thing we were doing in de- December to say, who do, basically people would say, who the hell do they think these guys are? You know, by doing what we, we are going to do. And then to add on top, you know, the takeaway thief, they're doing this and they're doing this NFT thing as well. Wow, who, who do they think they are? <laughs> but, you know, someone's got to be one of the first, haven't they? You know, and like we said, what, what have we got to lose? We have nothing to lose apart from the time it's taken to um, to create um, a, a unique pass- pass- a package for a debut album. And, uh, you know, we're just so excited um, about, you know, what, what, what's going to hold. And, you know, the, the worst thing that can happen is no one buys anything. So, you know, we, we still haven't lost anything, but, but we tried, you know, and we tried. We had other thing we've lost is a, the time it's taken to, um, you know, to work all it, all of it out. But I'm sure, you know, like like I say, there's there's quite a few people in the in the, the crypto world who, who are who are following us now, which I find very interesting. They well, do, they don't yeah. see it as a um, as like you know they might not even care about the music, but they see it as an investment because with the NFTs, what what people can do primarily is they can then sell that song on when they've had enough of it for greater profit. But what we can put in place is a commission rate. So we can, if that person sells, if, if you, if you buy one of our songs and I'm not making you by suggesting that I'm just using you as an example, mm-hmm. Jane. Now, if you were to buy that song and you go, okay, I'm, I'm going to sell it on and I'm going to make some profit from that. Well, when you sell that song on, we get 10% commission. So each time that song is then sold on, we still get 10% commission through the blockchain. So it's like, say, Leonardo da Vinci, if, if this was going, you know, hundreds of years ago, this NFTs, his ancestral family would still be able to claim the millions of pounds his paintings are worth rather than him dying, you know, poverty-stricken because of the blockchain. So that, that that that's another plus, and I think that's what I think it's very inter- it'll be very interesting to see. Um, I'm sure we have some fans who will go. I want to buy this. Um, you know, I know it's going to. It's it's quite hard for the mainstream to get their head round. You know, just at this moment, presently, how they buy it if they're you know unknown certainly in the if, if they don't know anything with regard to the crypto world, but. So I'm sure a few fans will gravitate towards this because it is such a unique, one-off, special thing. But also, I think it'd be interesting to see how many people, after all these extra followers we're getting through the crypto NFT world, how many are just investors who are going to be buying it, you know, to sell on at a later date. So it's, it's a very exciting time. Um, we we think we just can't wait you know for it to 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 be out and and done you know when will this uh when will the album be out <laughs> we um we still and I'm, I'm I'm not just saying this we still don't really know i mean we were we were thinking in september we were going to bring it earlier there has been a delay in in um, getting the final masters because Dave is is very busy. He's actually he's just recorded the new the new Wild Hearts album, mm-hmm. and he was involved in the live streaming that they did just at the weekend there. 
so he was mixing and mastering the, the live streaming as well. So uh, with us being a little band, you know, we, we got <laughs> um, sidestepped while he, while he continued with uh, finishing off the Wild Hearts album. Um, so we, we're expecting the Masters back imminently. Um, we're going to do a pre-sale. We're still looking at the middle to the, um, to the end of May to start the pre-sale with the NFTs and all the all your normal, you know, pre-sale packages. Um, we we should have. I don't sound bizarre because we've not even heard the album. Our idea is we get the album as soon as we get it. We're going to do. We're all going to listen to it together for the first time. We will then choose what single. On that same day, we're doing a photo shoot for the album. The week after, we will shoot the video for the first single, and we're hoping that will be out in in the middle of the pre-sale. So we're looking at maybe the end of May, early June for the for the first single to be out. Which again, we don't know what song is because we've not heard any of them uh, you know completely all the way through um, so yeah that's that's um, that's the kind of plan with having nothing at the moment that's, that's the kind of timeline we're looking at but then you know we, we think well why do we have to wait till September but we want to give the, the pre-sale enough time for people to you know and, and also, we need th- th- these few weeks as well as preparing for the the photo shoot and all the artwork. We don't want to um, say, oh, we would love to say, hey, let let let's have the album out in you know one month after we've got it. But you know these these things, and especially with the last year and time delays with manufacturing of CDs, and and we're also looking into vinyls. Um, you know that the, the manufacturing time of them has been increased as well. So the last thing we want is for people to go, well, I, I ordered this album and it's, you know, it's come out, but you know, I've not got my product yet, you know, cause it's still being made. So, um, as, as much as we would like it out as soon as we can, we're, we're having to, you know, await these, you know, manufacturing times. So it, it's looking like it could be September. I think, um, unless we can get these manufacturing times, you know, quicker to us but certainly I, I I would imagine we have a single out by by the start of June well that's um, exciting so, so, uh, so, so we've, well, we've, it's exciting that we've got so we've got like just about six weeks to do a photo shoot sort the artwork out for the album which most of it's already done um, and uh, sort out a video listen to the album well obviously pick a song so do, do the video get that video completed uh, as well as, um, I don't know, maybe doing some um, video, ed- educational video on, you know, if, if people wish to buy an NFT, they can, you know, source some videos that we'll do or present that, you know, helps them understand this NFT business. It's exciting. I, I, I am charged up for it. So I can't wait for new takeaway thieves and, I, I do hope you guys are, are immensely, you know, incredibly successful with this because, you know, even, even if it's, even if there's some, some hurdles and some challenges, you know, 
my advice to you guys is don't don't give up. You know, I mean, because there's going to be some kinks, there's going to be some challenges, but I really do think that this is this is where the future's at, and I do think it's going to be a game changer. Oh, uh, we we are, we we all totally agree with you. I've, I've talked to other guys, I've brainwashed other guys into believing this as well. Um, and I've, I've said, look. I, I, I'm kind of blessed where they, you know, I come up with this, like these crazy ideas that go, Hey, why do we, and they're like, what the hell are you talking about? And then they maybe go away and they think about it and they go, Oh, okay, let's try it. And um, I'm very humbled that they, you know, they, they kind of come on this journey of, if you will, these crazy wild ideas of, Hey, let's do this. Let's do that. And, okay. Let's, let's see what happens. You know, primarily we, we just want uh, how we started the band. We just wanted a good time with friends and being a band with friends and have a good time playing music. We would love to hear and being a band, we would love to see. And it's, it's as simple as that, that it's kind of um, evolved into other people like the Takeaway Thieves, not just us. So it's kind of like very selfishly, we would we were doing it just primarily for ourselves. And then, hey, let's let's see if we could do. Oh, let's do that. That looks a good gig. Let's do this. That's a good gig. And and it's just kind of grown. And and again, we're all very humbled that these you know. Um, these, I, I've said this a few times. Fans, uh, we really don't. We can't get our head around that. If, if that makes sense, I, I feel that's quite derogatory. But they're our friends. They've all become friends, and. Um, we did this social distancing gig and um, this, this lady did a review of it and there's a one, I, I, I may even get it on a t-shirt. It's, a, uh, it's such a, I, I just love this saying. She, she said, take away thieves, um, have a, have not just a, um, not just have a fuck you attitude, but it's a polite fuck you. They ask if you want to be fucked. <laughs> so I, I, that's I important. That's that, that is important. <laughs> yeah, because all we want to do, we, we we just want a good time, and yeah. the the amount come off stage and they're like, "Wow, you know, there's people smiling back at us." And they when we come off, they're saying, "God, you you guys, people have got used." To, I said this to you last time. People have just got used to bands being all too cool. And talk certainly. There's a few bands in the UK who talk with an American accent. I don't know if in America they talk with an English accent, but they think it's just cool to go, "Hey man, how's it going, guys?" When they're you know when they're I don't know when they're from Yorkshire or, or you know some some other you know when they're not from America, um, much like I think Ozzy Osbourne does, doesn't he, when he's um, on, on stage, and and we are just um, humble and down to earth. We just want a good time and a good laugh, and we want the people to enjoy themselves. They see we're enjoying ourselves, and and people just, especially at this last year, people just want a good time, and and we are certainly the band to, to you know bring 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 a good time, and for people to forget that you know the last year and any worries they have during the week, or you know. Just, just come to see us and you know, listen to us, and let's all just have a good time and forget you know whatever problems are in the world or are are in your home. Well, Neil, we'll end on that note. Thank you very much for coming back on the Hook Rocks podcast. I appreciate the visit. I appreciate the conversation. 
Thank you very much for having me, Jay, again. And, and thank you very much for all your support. We will definitely have you on when the, when the album comes out. So we'll look to uh, another visit from you in, uh, in the fall. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. All right, everybody. That is Neil from Takeaway Thieves. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Stay, stay safe, stay healthy. Subscribe to wherever you're listening. Hit the follow button. Hit the subscription button. Whatever you need to do. Take care, stay strong, stay healthy, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.